0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Welcome to Patriots 4th and 2, the official podcast of PatsFans.com.
0: And welcome to another episode of Patriots 4th and 2. I am your host today, Derek Havens, and joining me as always is Mr. Steve Balsherry. We are both patsfans.com bloggers. Uh, just today, Steve, we got to talk about the 24-10 to 10 loss to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Patriots really kind of had a rough go of it. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, unfortunately, our third co-host uh, and normal host, Russ Goldman, can't join us today, but we will get him back next week. And uh, yeah, let's just dive right into it. Uh, But before we do, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Like, share, leave a review. It helps other Patriots fans find us and keeps us high in the podcast rankings. Uh, So, Steve, let's rip this Band-Aid off, (laughs) okay? (laughs) Bills beat the Patriots 24 to 10. I would say if you just saw the score and didn't watch the game, you would say – okay, well, the Patriots kept it reasonable. It really wasn't. It was pretty dominant. It One of the more dominant 14-point wins that I've seen. The Bills were kind of playing with their food, Steve. It just felt like they – they the Patriots had some opportunities early, I thought, that could have changed the trajectory of the game. But it really kind of felt like the, the Bills took what the Patriots were going to let them do. The Patriots allowed them to run the ball uh, and – the bill said, fine, we'll take it. We'll, we'll, we'll hold the ball and Josh Allen will make some plays and take some shots when he wants to. Uh, And then I thought in that third quarter, that long drive was kind of just like a boa constrictor, just kind of slowly squeezing its prey uh, to death. And I, it just felt like, yes, the game was, there were times where the game was close and there were opportunities the Patriots had, but I just thought the bills were just kind of They just knew they were in control of the game and they didn't seem to have a lot of fear about anything the Patriots were going to do.
1: No, I agree with that. I mean, you know, overall, I thought the defense played pretty well. I mean, I know Buffalo dominated time of possession. Yeah. I think that was as much on the Patriots' offense as it was on the defense. Absolutely. And they had... They actually had a good game plan because we've we've seen that Josh Allen has gotten impatient in the past, and he's done that even this year at times. He's gotten impatient, and he's wanted to keep pushing the ball down the field. They were obviously trying to take that away. They gave up some running yards because they were playing two deep safeties. But, um, you know, overall, the Bills only averaged, I think it was 3.5 or 3.6 yards a carry. So that's really not that bad. That's actually pretty good for a run defense. What killed him was those third and short passes, which I thought Josh Allen had a fantastic game. And I think that got lost in the translation because I thought he was tremendous in this game. And it didn't show, in the, like you said, it didn't show in the stat sheet. He only threw for 223 yards, but he stayed patient all game. If uh, they needed a third and three, he was comfortable with just taking four. He wasn't trying to overblow things. He wasn't trying to blow things out. You know, he was like, we're going to hold on to the ball. We're going to keep it. We're going to keep moving down the field. And he was throwing those short passes. Now, you know, um, can you fault the defense for getting in those third and short? Yeah, I think you can. But overall, I, I didn't think the defense was that bad. I, no, I, know I thought they the had...
0: defense was fine. It was fine. There were some plays that they gave up. And look, I mean, Matt Judon is kind of fading a little bit, which is a little concerning, but I thought this was Josh Uche's best game as a Patriot. I thought it was yep. the best game of his career. He had some bend on those sacks, Steve, that is special, that we, that we all saw out of Michigan, and which is why so many people were excited about him as a rookie. It's taken him a little while. I still don't think he's perfect. But he's been, but he has really kind of come on the last few games, which I think is really exciting because he's a young player. And ultimately we are building team. You know, you want it. You want to see the guys go and trend that direction. Now, defensively, again, John Jones had a really rough game, but Stefan Diggs is one of the best receivers, if not the best in the NFL. Okay. And, they're asking him to do a lot right now. You got Justin Jefferson. You had Stefan Diggs. You got DeAndre Hopkins coming up. You got Jamar Chase. You got you know Ty you know Tyree Kill, and then you know it's just like the murderer's row of you know Devonte Adams and Stefan Diggs again. It's like John Jones is is, is playing a, is is a good cornerback, but he's not that type of cornerback. But he's the best that they have, and he can play inside and outside, so it makes the most sense. Uh, but he had a rough go of it, uh, and. I thought that the defense, to your point, it wasn't the problem. There was a couple of really bad penalties. Unfortunately, Jack Jones had two penalties that really hurt them, uh, especially that uh, pass interference call where he just tripped. It was just an accident, but that was a that was a gut punch early in that game because you were just trying to get off the field and make a play. But to your point, no, the defense wasn't all that bad. I thought the run defense was poor, but again, like when you started off the show talking about, we – like the Patriots invited the Bills to run. They wanted, you know, they, I think Bill wants to keep that score down. He knows the Patriots are not scoring 30 points. Don't, don't worry, everybody. We are going to get to the offense. I promise. Okay. <laughs> I specifically told Steve before the show, we're going to talk about the defense first because the offense is a longer conversation and, and the coaches tr- trust me. I got plenty of material for you. Don't I, I wouldn't let you down. Um, special team, Steve, again, I thought that, you know, they had some issues there Uh, that missed field goal where Nick full kind of chunked it to end the half. Uh, And we'll get to that clock management prior to that too. Uh, But that was a, that was a rough one. I just, it just really felt like they just let a lot of opportunity slip. I mean, yes, the bills did the, the bills were, kind of doing whatever they want. And I, I I firmly believe that the Bills could have easily put up 30 points if they wanted to. They just kind of were – I think they were just kind of taking care of the opportunities and, and picking their spots. And some of those plays that Josh Allen makes, it's just you kind of throw your hands up and you say, this is why it's so hard to defend that guy.
1: Yeah, and he does it against everybody. It's yes. not just like, oh, he only plays well against New England. He plays well against 31 other teams. And that's why he is, I think – I think right now he's still the number one quarterback in the NFL because him and Mahomes
0: for sure. I mean,
1: yeah, because he's so tough. And, you know, when he does decide to run, he's bigger than a lot of linebackers in today's NFL. So he, he has the ability to run by you and run over you. And so, um, you know, he is what, and like you said, Stefan Diggs is one of the best wide receivers in the game. And these guys have big games every week. So it's, it's not like this is, you know, uncharted territory, but overall, I, I really didn't think the defense um, was the cause of them losing this football game. In fact, like you said, Buffalo, I um, I, I thought once they got the lead, they weren't going to do anything to let the Patriots come back. So they yep. were very content with taking those short passes And holding on to the football, because, you know, when you throw those deep balls, anything can happen. And we've seen it countless times where one turnover sometimes can flip the momentum of a game and they weren't going to allow that to happen. So they played it safe. They did what they needed to do. And they, you know, they came away with the win that was not as close as the score indicated.
0: Yeah. And you know what, too, on the defense, I should say. Uh, we got to get a jugs machine for these guys. I mean, how many dropped interceptions are we going to have these last couple of weeks? Killers like absolute killers. You cannot play a team like the bills and pass up opportunities like that. If you get, if Jack Jones doesn't trip and they get off the field early, that saves them at least four point or three. Was it, was that a touchdown or a field goal? They save you save some points there. If John Jones doesn't, give up on the play when Josh Allen was running towards the sideline and we all thought it was over and he sticks to his guy. That saves some points. If Nick Fulton makes the field goal, there's some points right there. They almost had a pick six. I mean, they, you, I could easily, as, as much as I want to say the bills dominated, there's five, six mistakes. I see the Patriots make that would this game would have been more competitive, but it didn't, mm-hmm. didn't feel competitive because it felt like, honestly, I thought the, I thought the time of possession was, was lower than I thought it was going to be. Cause it was like, Seven, eight, nine-minute drives by the Bills. The Patriots would go out and either go three or six and out. They would take a minute twenty-three off the clock, punt it back. Some terrible punts again from polarity because no one apparently they can't find a punter, so they're just giving. All of a sudden, they're just teeing the, the Bills up like they needed at their own forty-five. You know, and and then here we go again. And it was just, it was like watching, you know, just an animal slowly die. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to put it, but it was just. Painful, Steve. Painful. Do you want to talk about anything else before we go to the offense?
1: Um, No, I I think we've touched on everything with the defense. Um, Like I said, I didn't think they were that bad. I mean, yeah, Buffalo dominated the game. I'm not saying anything about that, but I thought they played fairly well. And, you know, again, to what we talked about, and we're going to segue into, if the – offense could just hold the ball a little bit longer I think the defense would have played better because I think by halftime they were gassed they've yeah. been on the field almost 20 minutes by halftime
0: yeah it was brutal man I mean it was uh and look let's get let's get into the offense here um and Chris I see your question I appreciate it I'm gonna we'll get to that in a second I I, I um I just want to. We just got to discuss the Patriots offense. (laughs) Okay. Uh, It's a disaster, Steve. It is a flat out disaster on offense. It is not, it's not up to, it's not a pro level offense. And there's issues all around. And Mac Jones is not playing well. Uh, The receivers are, are, they're having some issues with, with, you know, even Mac Jones and Stevenson on handoffs multiple times in this game. It looked like Mac Jones was play-action faking to one side, and he was expecting Stevenson to be there. He wasn't. There was the there was a couple of bad handoffs there. The offensive line is just letting guys run through it. There are turnstiles up front. Uh, guys are running wrong routes, are ending up in the same spot. I, they're dropping passes, and Mac Jones is being rushed. and He's scrambling for his life. I mean, it it is. It's on, I I still put more on the coaches, but the players are just flat out not executing. And, and I, part of me thinks, Steve, that the reason they're not is because they don't really understand it. And they, you're starting to hear the frustration boil over in the locker room, which is, again, I kind of want to put that to the side because that to me is one of the more worrisome things that came out of this game. Uh, But the coaching staff is not on the, the the players and coaching staff are not on the same page. And you hear it from Hunter Henry, from Kendrick Bourne, to Jacoby Myers, to Mac Jones. Um, Mac Jones is screaming on the sidelines. That's a terrible look, but he's frustrated because he wants to take some chunk plays. He wants to throw the ball down the field, and they're just calling these short passes. He's saying the quick game sucks. Uh, and he confirmed that in the, in the, po- in the press conference, because he knows that they can't just keep throwing these balls three, four yards and and really move the ball. I would argue, I agree with that, but I also argue how much time does he really have to throw the ball deep? <laughs> he, he can't. I mean, I mean, and so it's Steve, the, the, the last drive to end the first half was a terrible, <laughs> terrible display of clock management and, I think that just goes to coaching. I just don't think they are well coached on offense. I think the players know they're not well coached on offense. They don't like it, and they're voicing frustration. And and I just think it's it's all a jumbled mess, Steve. And honestly, I just it's hard to feel good about it right now.
1: No, and I think Mac Jones was well within his rights to blow up. I mean, because you and I talked offline a couple of times since the game. And We both said the same thing. If we can see it sitting there watching on TV, you know, players and coaches from other teams that get paid a heck of a lot of money can see it. And, you know, the fact that they're so timid with their play calling has just made them so predictable that there's zero chance of fooling people, you know, and and when they do try to vary it up, things work but they don't keep up with it. Then they go right back to the timidity. Is that a real word? Timidity? I don't
0: know. You, you said it was so much confidence. I'd just say we, <laughs> we roll with it. Well, as
1: soon as I said it, it sounded wrong. So, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just so, you know, they're so gun shy. And, you know, when you're having trouble scoring points in week 12, the gun shy part has to go out the window because you're playing for your, you know, for your playoff lives here at this point, and you're playing a team as good as Buffalo, the time for playing it safe and close to the vest is long gone. And it's long gone. Yeah, and you know and they have to I, put points
0: versus who they're playing.
1: Yeah, and you know I was of the the opinion, you know, because everyone was saying it's going to be a disaster, at, you know, at the beginning of the season, and I, I was one of those. Let them play first. Let them. You know, play calls, uh, you know, call plays and see how things work out before we pass judgment. Well, now we're in week 12 and the offense actually seems worse at this point than it did week one and two. Yes. So, I mean, you know, when you look at it from that aspect, I think it's on the coaching. And obviously the offensive line plays a huge role in this, but and we'll get to that, I'm sure. But the coaching is not there. I mean, it's not. I mean, that I can sit there and watch when they come out on first down and second down, third down, and I can tell what they're going to run because they, they're so predictable. And, you know, the few times they actually use, like, play action passes, lo and behold, they work. You know, we've seen it time after time. And then they go right away from it.
0: You yeah. know, um, Dan Dan Orlovsky has been talking about that on ESPN for months. For two months, he's been talking about more play action passes. And by the way, timidity is a word. So nice, nice it is not, a word. That's, I did, yeah. look,
1: I did look. It, it just up. sounded weird
0: when I said it. <laughs> yeah, it, it does sound weird, but Hey, you know, whatever. But you know, I, I would, I full, you know, definitely agree with you 100. Um, I feel Steve, and I don't. This is not hyperbolic. I feel worse about this team than I have at at any point in the post Brady era for three years. I have never felt worse as a, as a fan as I do right now. And and my reasoning behind that is because in year one, we all kind of expected, Hey, it's, we're going to, we're going into a rebuild. We knew it. They brought in cam to kind of have a veteran, you know, guy run the offense and the team was, you know, really not old and slow. We talked about it at nauseum for the last couple of years. Then last year you bring in a rookie quarterback. He has a pretty good year. You make the playoffs, even though you got dusted in the playoffs, it's you still felt like, okay, there's some things to build on. Right now I'm feeling like we all, I don't want to speak for everybody listening and I don't want to speak for you, but I would say the collective, we like generally dislike the Matt Patricia thing from the moment it was made official. And right now I'm watching Steve, our second year quarterback, look like he's regressed and he looks frustrated and he and the offense just doesn't look it it looks like you have like like, you know, you spend all this money on tight ends and Hunter Henry has a great year and he's been. MIA and Kendrick Bourne, we all excited for his second year with the team. And ever since the summer, it just got weird. And it's just like, like the offensive line has just fallen apart and the coaching mistakes and penalties. It's just, it's really disheartening because for one, we all saw this coming, but for two, we knew how important next second year would be. And instead of us talking about the offense, taking a step forward, we've clearly seen them take a step back.
1: Absolutely. And let's face it they're going to have another change next year. They have to. Right. So now Mac is going to be going into his third year with three offensive coordinators. And, you know, we used to laugh at teams that do that because we, what did we always say on this show for the past 11 years? That's how you ruin a young quarterback. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I, uh, Claire came up with an interesting point today on one Patriot place. Um, our friend Claire Cooper who couldn't make it today. We asked her to be on, but she had something pressing on her end and couldn't make it. But she said, and, you know, we were talking about it, that, you know, the Patriots did flirt with Bill O'Brien last year. And now Bill O'Brien is saying he wants to return to the NFL. And she asked the question, not saying, you know, um, that it's it's actually going to happen, but she said – do you think it's possible that Mad Patricia was just the bridge? Uh, hey, hey. Uh, look, oh, look who's here.
2: Look at the grumpy old man. <laughs> well, I wanted to come on the show. I actually was able to uh, figure out a time that I could come in just a little bit. Okay. And
0: cool. we're bitching I, about the offense.
2: <laughs> well, no, I, I actually wanted to come in because I was afraid that. With Derek Hosin, that he turned it into another episode of Felgrim Mass. So I, I knew <laughs> I had to come in. Sorry and- for being a realist. Uh,
1: that is so strange to come out of your mouth after 11 years. Yeah. Now the tables have turned. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what, what I was saying, uh, you know, Claire uh, made the uh, uh, the mention. You know, she said it's just a theory. You know, could it be that? You know they're going to bring Bill O'Brien back next season, and that they just use Matt Patricia as a bridge guy for yep. this season.
0: That's what some people were f- were floating around, uh, and that's a possibility. But I would just encourage people to keep an eye on the college, you know, coaching, you know, carousel. Because if he stays, obviously, obviously, he takes a head coaching job. There's your answer. But if he doesn't take a job in the head uh, as a uh, head coach of a college team, I think he could definitely, definitely be. Um, you know, in the mix for OC. And I think, Steve, as something that we just went, talked about a second ago, I'm not crazy about the Bill O'Brien hire. I wouldn't mind it. I would rather them go in a totally different direction. I know Bill won't, but I would like to have them go with the younger, forward-thinking, kind of modern-day offense to kind of kind of bring them into this new-age NFL. But I would say the only benefit of Bill O'Brien would be that he has familiarity with both. And so maybe that whole thing about Mac having – three coaches and three systems in three years maybe that doesn't hurt as much if it's somebody like him who has familiar you know familiarity with both systems.
1: right and the fact that he worked with Mac Jones when they won the national championship speaks volumes. I mean he knows Mac's strengths and weaknesses he knows what works for him. he knows what he's comfortable doing in the game. and I think he would call the same type of game that he used with Mac. Obviously they have different personnel. But I think that, you know, it, it would at least be better than what they have now. I think it would be light years better than, than what they
0: and, have. And just, and just, you know, Bill Belichick said this morning, you know, w- w- talking about, you know, whether the team was going to make some, you know, offensive play calling, you know, changes and, he and you know, anything that's a dramatic change. And he said he wouldn't do, you know, make anything dramatic right now. Uh, and he said he feels, again, the system that we have in place, I feel good about. I guess he's the only one. So, anyway, um, Russ. What do you think about the game?
2: Well, I think the season's over. Let's start there. Okay. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Not to be uh, too
0: Felger and Mazzy about it, but yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> just
2: no. Just wait for my take. I, I just, um, no, th- this isn't a hot take. This has nothing to do with it. It is, again, looking at a Patriots team that, if I'm being honest, guys, and just the way I, I watched the game, there's no coming back from this. There's mm. no coming back. Can they contend for a playoff spot? Potentially, but that doesn't matter. They're not doing anything. So for me, in essence, I'm looking for watching the Patriots like I always do, hoping for the best, but realistically know that they're not going to do anything. So I came in, if that's your measuring stick, and they are your measuring stick, and you are that far away, doesn't matter what happens the rest of the season you're not going to do anything. So in my book, you need to just look at things realistically and look for positives and negatives in looking towards the new season. No, I've I already, I, I, I've already, this season's over for me. Season's over.
0: Well, you have five games left. That that's your, season's your, over. Your most, your most, you know, your most two winnable games are the next two. So you absolutely yep. have to go and oh the next two games. And then, you have to probably get to nine and eight, but you almost more likely have to get the 10 wins. But in Derek, order that to make doesn't playoffs. matter to
2: me. I, 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 I know it doesn't
0: matter to you, but it might matter to people who are listening. I don't care okay. either. I mean, I okay. I, I, okay. I told you, I told you the season was going to go exactly like this months ago, but right. I, I mean, this is not surprising to me, but here we are. I mean, and they're going to look at eight at nine and nine and eight. And it's, it was very predictable. I mean, it's I, yeah. I I'm just saying if, if anyone listening who wants to make the playoffs, you're going to have to go minimum of three and two or Probably four and one down the stretch here. That's all okay, my point was. But
2: in my opinion, and listen, people can want the playoffs, and I'm not saying you shouldn't want the playoffs. I think that, in my opinion, be realistic. They're just not good enough. They're not going to do agree. anything, and that's that's my point. If you want to play the path game that they do on Felger Mass, go ahead, Derek. I'm not playing the path game. I'm just. I'm not I was doing just. It
0: adding context for people who care about that. I don't think they're going to make it, but you're going to, I'm just saying three and two or four and one is what you're going to need to get to. And, okay, but I also I, think it's an insult to our t- intelligence to do that. We're sure. We're, we're I fans. mean, I, again, Russ, again, I said this before the season started this, uh, that, that how we're getting here is a little bit different because I thought the offense would be bad. I didn't think they would be JV. I, I didn't think it would be this bad. I gave okay. Matt Patricia at least some credit. I was wrong because guess what? Any, a, any other coach, if you took away Bill's resume like blindly, he would, be, he should be fired for how bad this year is. Now, he won't be. He won't be because he's, he's Bill. Okay. And he's won his championships. But, but if this was anybody else, Nathaniel okay. Hackett in Denver, it's that bad. Fire. Okay. One and done.
2: Okay. Let me ask both of you this.
0: Derek, you think he should be fired, right? No, I'm saying if it if it was anyone but Bill, they would be fired. Okay. I don't think he should be fired, but I okay. mean clearly but he said back in September, Russ, September 9th, it was he said, I think Matt and Joe are good coaches. If it goes yeah. wrong, blame me. Well, I'm blaming him because look at the offense. He's you, ruining you the second-year quarterback. And guess what, Russ? in the offseason, you know me. You know I'm not being hyperbolic right now. Right. I swear on my mother's life that if you had told me the Patriots were gonna go four and thirteen before the season started, but we saw Mac Jones progress and take a step forward and see some of the rookies emerge, seeing some of these young players emerge. I would have taken that all day long, but instead we're seeing the most important person on your roster, struggling, slamming right. his helmet down. The uh, like Everything is just falling apart. And it's so frustrating. So frustrating.
2: Right. And listen, my only point on the people that want bill gone, and there are people that want bill gone. I just want, when we get to that point, whenever that is, because I think, he should coach as long as he wants. He should be held accountable, like you are doing, Derek. You should absolutely question, and I think you and Steve are doing that. But if you want, if you're one of these people that want Bill gone, give me a name. Tell me who. Tell me who. You can't give me. I want him gone without giving me a, a solution. Give me a solution.
0: I, I just think that, and I'm sure the crafts aren't. I, I was so curious what the crafts were thinking during this game because. There, you know, of course, they of course everyone understands that Bill Belichick is a great head, you know, great football coach. But I think that we've come to the point now, Russ, where he he has to stop just only leaning on his own guys. He's he he's let so many people go and he hasn't restocked the shelves enough and he's spread so thin. And we've talked about this for the last couple of years, and it's more evident now than ever. He needs to reach out and realize: hey, we need our offense is not in the same class as these other offenses around the league. Like we, the league has changed. We need to adapt. And I just don't think he's done that. And to me, that's my biggest criticism because now I'm feeling, and this is, I'll pose it to both of you. Right. I'm worried the coaches have lost the locker room. And I, I know you joined late Russ, but I thought the most troubling thing besides the loss on Thursday was the con was the comments post game from Mac Jones, from, from Kendrick Bourne, from Jacoby Myers, from Hunter Henry. I thought the comments post game were more concerning because you don't see Patriots teams do that in losses. And it makes me feel like they've lost the room.
1: I, I don't the know. Offensive if have. coaches ahead, have. <laughs> I think up? the offensive coaches have definitely lost the room. I mean, yeah. because that's, that's all the guys that you're hearing. And, and I think that the proof's in the pudding. I mean, They do not uh, look as good as, you know, some of their parts. I think this offense can be just fine, but they're not executing because I don't think anyone is on the same page here. And I think it starts with the coaching. I mean, they have a guy like Hunter Henry, who was like at, you know, granted, Mac was a rookie last year. It took them a while and him and Mac ended up getting some chemistry going. At the end of the year, Hunter Henry was a red zone target. And this year, you know, once in a blue moon, they'll play action pass, throw it down the field to him. He makes a big play, and then they don't throw him the ball again. And the same with Jonu Smith. And, you know, that that's why I mentioned Bill O'Brien, because what did Bill O'Brien do when he was with the Patriots? I'm not comparing... The two tight ends they have now with the two they had then, but he always found a way to work them into the gameplay. Yep. And they're not doing that with these guys for two for the past two years. And you know, I look at the uh the wide receivers. Are they great? No, but they're plenty good enough, and yep. you know, we've seen the Patriots win Super Bowls, granted, with Tom Brady but with guys who they spread the ball around with and play to their strengths. And they're not doing that. How many deep passes have we seen the type one thought? In show?
0: not enough. he just runs deep, you know, I mean, that's yeah, pretty much they what don't, he does. They don't play, game plan
1: around guys with their speed. You know, last week they, they threw the ball once to Marcus Jones. They get a 48 yard touchdown.
0: Who I just love by the way, but continue, yeah.
1: yeah. And we'll talk about him later. I'm sure. But you know, it's, it's, just, it starts with the coaching. And I think the players, frustrated and I think they should be. I mean, a lot of people, you know, were criticizing Mac Jones for that. I mean, if that was Tom Brady on the field, seeing what the, the play calls were there, you think Tom Brady would have sat by idly? He'd have been
0: Livid, And you don't think that Mac, you don't think that Mac like hears this and he's frustrated because he knows he just he just knew he knows what what works and what doesn't because he just had Josh McDaniels. And then he had and then he had, you know, some confidence at Alabama, obviously, too. And so he knows what's working, what works and what doesn't. He's played football for a long time and he hears the booze and he heard the zappy thing. And he's getting frustrated because he's like, you don't even know what you're doing. Talk meaning to Matt. And it's clear to everybody. I mean, and again, I don't want to keep harping back on something we already talked about, but that last drive to end the first half was, uh, I mean, that is just full display. It's football 101
1: of, stuff that they failed at. It's yeah. football 101. I mean, you learn this in high school, okay? You have a second and one, the clock running down. You have two timeouts. You call a draw play, which I didn't really agree with. But of course, if it worked, we'd say it was a great play call. Granted, sure. no game. Okay, So you use your second timeout, and then you call a quarterback sneak. Now, anyone who's been, like I said, from high school on up knows, you know, when you only have one timeout left, and there's like, I think at that time was 40-something seconds, 42, 43. You call a second play because you know, okay, quarterback sneak, then we're going to get right up and we're going to throw the ball here. And then they didn't have a plan. How do you not have a plan? You have to use your last timeout. That was horrible.
0: Yeah, it's so frustrating to watch.
1: You know, we didn't do that in high school.
0: Yeah. Russ, I know you chimed in late and we've been just bitching about the offense for the last 20 minutes, but we did talk about the game as a whole to start the show. Um, Is there anything that you want to kind of get off your chest or talk about?
2: Well, I actually want to get back to talking about the locker room issue that you just brought up, if you don't mind. So I have a different view of it than you do, Derek. I agree with what Steve said that the players are frustrated and I'm not disagreeing with the frustration. I agree with what Steve said about Tom Brady showing his frustration. Absolutely. He would. This is where I disagree. Who's the coach. The coach is Belichick. The coach is Patricia. The coach is judge. These are your coaches. You don't go publicly and slam the team like this. That to me, these players should be gone. I'm including Kendrick Bourne. He should be gone. He I'm, I'm be surprised.
0: Gone. I'm surprised with some of the comments that Kendrick Bourne's made. I don't well, think he's going to make it the Ma- rest Mike of the season. Mike Reese,
1: who we all know, is tied in tightly with the Patriots. Mike Reese, you know how he always kind of lowballs things? Yeah. He said he wondered after Kendrick Bourne's comments if he's going to be code redded this weekend. In other words, inactive. Right,
0: I could totally see that.
2: Yeah, right. And honestly, I'm not disagreeing with feeling this way, Derek. I'm not disagreeing with voicing it in private. I disagree with doing it publicly.
0: I totally agree. And that to me, that to me, to reiterate, is the most concerning thing. I, I knew the Patriots were probably going to lose to the Bills. I'm, that, that game, that game, we've seen that Bills Patriots game several times. OK, that's not that's not an overly big surprise. But hearing those comments, Russ, in the locker room, that was a surprise because that's not something that we're accustomed to, to doing. That's that's a, that's what bad football teams and bad cultures and bad head coaches. That's what happens. That happens in, you know, in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. That doesn't happen with Bill Belichick. And the Patriots. It
2: actually did in 2009. And you know what happened? Yeah, it c- cleaned house. So exactly. I'm expecting them to clean house once again
0: and and i'm so happy that you brought that up because it's funny i literally was thinking about that after the game i said this whole season just feels like a mess like and it felt exactly like 2009 and it was very different then because the expectations of course were higher but it's just like you know the famous bill belichick line i just can't get them to play the way i you know but, i want yeah, them to I, and- I think th-
1: this is a different scenario because you know, in 2009, you remember him talking to Brady down in New Orleans. They had yep. him wired. And he said, I can't get these guys to buy in. I think the players are bought in. I think he can't get the coaches to buy in.
0: Ah, see, I don't think the play. see, I disagree. I think the players sh- kind of sh- told you after the game on Thursday that they're that they're not bought in. You know, yeah, I, I don't I mean, think that they ever you know, bought in.
1: The, the, the players are frustrated because the coaches aren't putting them in a position to win. And mm-hmm. we talked about how timid they are on offense – and it's like, you know, you, you can't face one of these good teams like the Bills or, you know, Minnesota or whoever, you know, and, and play not to lose. You can't do that. You don't have the talent on your team to do that. You have to lay it out all along the line. And if they beat you, so be it. But at least you know that you gave it everything you have. But you're tying a, your your players' hands behind their back with this that's the frustrating part is those guys you know they see it's third and eight they're running three yard patterns
0: yeah no i'm i'm with you i i am totally and it's 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 frustrating guys i just don't know how to put i don't know how to describe it any other way other than just being frustrated um <laughs> so russ what are you watching over there you, you seem very you must cup? be watching world cup i figure maybe Maybe who's uh, who's playing right now?
2: Uh, Portugal is up two 0 to uh, Switzerland.
0: Oh, okay, because are you? Uh, just before I want to take a break and I will just take a quick thirty second. Give me, give me a quick Russ Goldman thirty second analysis on the World Cup.
2: Okay. Oh, right now you want me to give yeah, you? Yeah, right now, and then we'll take analysis? a break. Yeah. Okay. For, so for me watching the World Cup, and I know our friend Chris Goodwin is uh, watching, and I'll say this to Chris. My analysis is, for at least for the U.S. men's national team, that um, they're going to be a force to be uh, dealt with in four years' time. And the reason I know this, and, and Chris is uh, watching right now, is because uh, they gave England the toughest match that they've had in the World Cup. They are not that far away. They just need to find a a striker to score goals. And that would be the end of my 30-second Russ Goldman wrap-up of the World Cup.
0: You tell me, because I've, I've watched literally – probably a quarter of what you've watched. Uh, and I know less than that, certainly a lot less than that about the sport than you do. Right. It seemed like to me, the U S men's national team had a problem kind of what, as they got closer to their opponent's goal. Is that accurate Inaccurate. It looked like they had problems, you know, kind course. of closer, closer to the opponent's goal. Do you agree? Or am I just seeing it wrong?
2: Well, what their problem was, and it goes back to what I have just was saying about not having a goal scorer, Derek. The best way to say it is is to have someone that can score goals. They don't have that one player that every team has that is very successful, and it's not that they weren't able to get in these positions. They were, but they did not have that player that could get on uh, these crosses that would come into the opponent's box and score the goals. So that's hmm. what it came down to, and then what would end up happening is that they would play aggressive and then teams would beat them on what we would call the counterattack. And they got beat over and over on, on these situations. But they're not that far off. They have the talent to compete, I think, in four years' time with the rest of the world. They're just not there yet.
0: You see what, we, you see what this team has made me do, Steve? I'm so frustrated that I'd rather listen to Russ talk about freaking soccer than, than talk about the Patriots anymore. But all right, if, hopefully – if people are still awake after that minute oh. of football talk, uh, <laughs> but after we're going to take a step aside, take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back right after this.
1: Lucky land casino, asking people what's
0: the weirdest place
1: you've gotten lucky
0: lucky in line at the deli, I guess I In my dentist's office. We do we want to keep bitching about the offense? Do we have do we have any loose ends that we need to tie up? Should we move on? Like what, Russ? What you 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 tell me which direction you want to go?
2: Well, I think that we should now focus on stopping Josh Allen. I think we should now focus on on the defense because uh, at times I thought they they were pretty good, but overall, when you really want to be where the Patriots were for all those years, and now the Bills are. You got to be able to stop the quarterback, and they're not able to stop the quarterback when they absolutely need to.
0: Yeah, I mean, they. I think it's similar. We we started the show talking about defense for us, for what it's worth, and I I think that they have shown kind of what they have done the last year too. Is is hey, against bad teams, they're going to look dominant, and against the better teams, they're going to be competitive, but they're not going to they're not going to be able to, you know probably hold up as well. Um, and I thought that Josh Allen, like, like we talked about earlier, there was a couple plays that could have changed the game. And they unfortunately came up on the short end of the stick on a lot of those. And you're right. I think the defense has been okay, uh, but it, it needs to be better, certainly in critical situations. And they're going to be facing not necessarily this week, but they're going to be facing some pretty good offenses here coming up. And they're going to have to figure out how to get off the field. It's incredibly important that they do that. Um, Steve, are you, As we look forward, before we preview this Cardinals game here in just a couple minutes, uh, what is your biggest concern on offense right now? Like, if you had to pick one thing that you could fix, you could fix it right now, what would you pick? Oh, it would be the offensive line. That's kind of where I'm
1: at, too. Yeah, because, I I, I mean, you look at Ramondre Stevenson, and I'm not saying with dominant offensive line play, but even just average to good, like in the middle of the pack offensive line play, If he had that this year, we'd be talking about him possibly leading the league in rushing. (laughs) I
0: mean, think about how
1: many yards he gets every week after contact. He's number two in the NFL yards after contact.
0: Behind two, Nick Chubb?
1: It's either Chubb or Derek Henry. I'm not sure. Okay, continue. But uh, And the bottom line is, like, every week, he's getting hit behind the line. We've seen it time after time. And he just keeps driving forward and he might only get two yards, three yards, but he's getting hit three yards beyond the line of scrimmage. So yep. he's making that on his own. And the fact of the matter is they, they pride themselves on being a running uh, football team. Last week in Minnesota, they ran the ball 13 times this week. They ran the ball. i uh, what 12 times. Stevenson yep. only had 10 carries. And that, it's the offensive line. They can't get anyone moving the other direction. Think about if they start, I mean, we've seen it. When they do get a push, Stevenson generally grinds out a really big run. And they're not getting that enough. And that's the big thing. I mean, your quarterback has to have at least a little bit of time to scan the field. And your running backs need to get to that second level, at least part of the time. And they're not doing that. And as bad as the play calling is, and will probably continue to be, if you're getting, you know, if you're putting your quarterback in situations like Josh Allen found himself this this week, you know if it's third and three rather than third and eight and third and nine, then your chances of being successful rise exponentially, right? Yep. So uh, I think the the offensive line to me is the big thing.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. If I had – I mean, I, coaching is an issue, but we can't – we're not cha- – we know the team's not changing their coaches right now, okay? We'll get to that. And, and I think they will clean house in a lot of different areas and reshuffle a lot of things. Because um, I, I, I personally would like to see Cam Accord go and have Joe Judge slide back over to special teams, put Matt Patricia – have him do what he was doing last year, which is kind of all over the place on the back end and just re just, you know, new offensive line coach, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback coach, just, they just need to restock that shelf. Um, But uh, in terms of in play right now, I think the offensive line is a big issue. And because you've seen at least when they were decent against the Vikings, you saw that the offense could at least be competent and it, without Yes, they were having issues with play calling and play design and all those things, but with Mac Jones having one or two free rushers coming in almost instantaneously, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter about anything. So uh, it it's frustrating to say the least. Um, uh, Russ, any final thoughts on the Bills game? Because I'm, I'm giving you the last crack before we preview the Cardinals since you came in late.
2: Okay, well, my biggest concern would actually be the offensive line, but different than what you guys are saying, it would be coaching the offensive line. I think that they have players that can do the job. I And unfortunately they've had injuries. I just think that they don't have someone that's properly coaching. I think if Dante was there, we would not be seeing the issues. I know that's people might disagree, but I think that Dante still was a loss two or three years ago. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um Chris's comment. He said that earlier on uh one patriot place ship man patricia to canada
0: right, i'll pitch in for the ticket anyone else that's fine we got i'm sure we can i'm sure we can get a bake sale going for that That won't be that won't yeah. be hard to do um all right well let's flip let's flip the uh flip the thoughts here and getting get in and going on t- talking about the arizona cardinals so steve i'll uh i'll let you go first give me your thoughts on the patriots and the <laughs> upcoming game versus the arizona cardinals
1: Well, they're they're going on the road, and they're facing their kryptonite. They're facing a mobile quarterback, and he's not somebody that I'm particularly a big fan of. But, you know, he's uh, Kyler Murray's one of those guys where he's either red hot or cold. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's one or the other. And this is the kind of guy that usually has huge games against the Patriots because he's mobile, he can run. He can throw on the run and then they have, you know, one of the elite wide receivers in the game, you know, New Hodkins, he's the kind of guy that gives everybody trouble, not just new England, but everybody. And these are the kind of guys that usually have a big game against the Patriots. So this is, this is a matchup that isn't, you know, ideal for them. If they could come out with a win, it might boost their confidence for the next week when they face Josh McDaniels.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, I think in the I think the Patriots traditionally have problem in the last couple of years have problems with mobile quarterbacks, but the Cardinals don't really do a lot of quarterback designed runs. It's more of a fire drill thing. And that seems like really the other watching their offense kind of in anticipation for this game, which I will be in attendance for, by the way. Um, and I am, we've seen the Cardinals, basically Cliff Kingsbury has had a just a nightmare on the offensive side of the ball on that side. And really the only time the offense is really moving is when Kyler's scrambling for his life and it's like a fire drill and and he squeaks out. So I think having a spy on Kyler and keeping him in the pocket is critical this, this week. And, you know, the offense, they don't run the ball extremely well. Kyler, like to your point, extremely inconsistent. They don't get a lot of chunk plays. Yes, they have DeAndre Hopkins, who is tremendous. Uh, but it's and that's going to be a tough, tough ask for Jonathan Jones again. But I do think the Patriots can, if they can corral, kind of keep an eye and uh, keep Kyler in that pocket. I do think they can have success against against him this week. Russ, what about you?
2: Okay, well, for me, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I've not watched two minutes of the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Okay. Not even two minutes. So I'm not going to comment on the Cardinals. It's not fair to your good conversation. You and Steve talking about this. (laughs) So I'm not, I'm not going to do that. All I will tell you is what I'm looking for. Uh, Because for me, the season is over, except for the fact that I want to see progress. I want to see progress on all phases. And that's what I'm going to be looking for. Do I want them to win? Yes. But I want to see the offensive line. I don't know. Be able to block. I want to see. Mac Jones be able to throw on a consistent basis. And I want to see them to continue to run. And I want to see them handle a mobile quarterback, which I've not seen in, I don't know how long. So for me, it's about seeing progress from the New England Patriots. And uh, I don't care what the Cardinals do.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's fine to me. I mean, I, I, I want to see progress too. I think that is an important thing. And I'll tell you right now, if the Patriots can't win this game, like this is the, in my mind, this is the most winnable game of the last few that you have. So I think that they have to come in and win this game and guys, I don't want to, again, I don't want to be too hyperbolic here. I think if this game goes bad, it could get really ugly for this team. Just, it just feels like, Hey, that was a really frustrating loss the guys are the guys are frustrated they're venting now you have a long week and you're able to set up for a big road trip i think if you're able to win this game it will help kind of right the ship enough i think to, you know for the rest of the year but if this was to go bad i could see it getting kind of ugly just uh, that's what i'm worried about well it's possible
1: um you know the one thing i do want to see this week is, you know, you talked about a spy on Kyla Murray. It should be Mac Wilson, not Juwan Bentley. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what happened on that play, but having Juwan Bentley as a spy on Josh Allen, and I I get it, Allen's a, a really big dude, and, you know, Mac Wilson is actually smaller than Allen, but, you know, Bentley can't run with Josh yep. Allen. And he can't run with Kyler
0: Murray. That's for sure.
1: And and, and Wilson only played 10 snaps last week. So they got to get him in the game. And that's one way of keeping him in the pocket. And you can still bring pressure on him and just have your guy out there. You know, if he decides he wants to take off and run. So I think that's, that's a big key defensively this week. I think they might use Jack Jones
0: on, um, Nuke with safety help over the top this week. I have no problem. I have no problem with that. I, I, I As long as it's a true double team, you know yeah. what I mean? So it, it's it, it's one of those things where do you want to take your number one corner and, and put him on him and just let him kind of run with a little bit of help? Or do you want to go with your second corner with, with help full time and let John Jones go with some of the speedier guys? I don't think that's a bad idea.
1: But offensively, this week, they they have to find a way to get you know, the quarterback some protection. Yep. I, I um, and I think honestly, Saquon Thornton is going to be a big part of this
0: game. Why do you feel that way?
1: I just have a feeling. I mean, nothing seems to be working. You know, and they 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 haven't been using this kid who they drafted. They drafted him because of his speed, and they haven't taken advantage of it. You know, except for one uh, one time with the Jets, and that was on a run. Yep. They, they used this speed on, on a run, you know, to, uh, to, to get him into some open field. I think it's, you know, we're in week 13. It's high time to start letting the kid use his speed, not just as a decoy, but start throwing him the ball. Try to use some of the – I mentioned it earlier today. You know, I, I watched the Dolphins. I've watched them quite a few times. They scheme up plays to get their speedy guys in space. Yep. And the Patriots don't do that. They take their speedy guys and they run a three-yard slant, a three-yard cross.
0: They did it. They did it for a hot second with the Marcus Jones play last week, which I was really encouraged about. I was excited because, hey, you have a dynamic. That was a dynamic play by Marcus Jones. First ever offensive snap gets in there. And and takes it to the house. Beat Puller to the corner. I mean, that was impressive. That was he clearly he clearly has. Uh, he did he did uh, play receiver in college. By the way, for people listening, we did talk about that pre-draft. Uh, obviously, we've seen how he's been dynamic on returns. I mean. Some people, you know, I I I was talking to my dad and he goes, "Man, that Marcus Jones kid always takes the ball where I think he should sit in the end zone sometimes." And I go, "No, he just scored. He just had a walk-off <laughs> touchdown to, to a couple of weeks ago. You I don't care. They I think they're more than fine with, "Hey, if you only get to the 17 and we lose a couple of yards, so be it, but I'd rather give you a chance to to make a play." And he's most exciting player on the on the team right now, uh in my mind. But yeah, Russ, and, you, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to ask Russ, uh, what do you think the Patriots first priority should be this week?
1: First
2: priority in the game.
0: Yeah. Like if you, uh, let's say if you're talking about the Patriots defense and you're talking about the Cardinals offense, like what would be your top priority? Would it be Kyler in the pocket? Would it be take making sure Deandre Hopkins doesn't take over the game? Cause we've seen them have some good receivers stack some good weeks against them. What would be your biggest concern?
2: My biggest concern is stopping the mobile quarterback. So yeah. I, I could care less about, DeAndre Hopkins, I, I care about just stopping the quarterback.
0: I kind of, I don't necessarily wouldn't have worded it that way, but I kind of agree with you. If Hopkins gets another eight for 120 and a touchdown, then so be it. But just don't let Kyler Murray have a hundred rushing yards on you. You know, let him, you know, I think, Steve, are you in agreement with that? Are we all on the same page? Kyler Murray's got to be number one. Um,
1: I think so. I mean, because, you know, you don't want him making plays with his feet. And then you have your, you know, defensive backs in that no man's land. You know, we've seen that it, uh, they, he gets away, he scrambled to the line of scrimmage and now your defensive backs have to respect the run. So then either he makes a big run or somebody gets open for a big pass. I think that's, um, you know, I think that's a problem they've had.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Let's get into three keys Three keys to victory. Russ, I don't know if you have any keys, but you are more than welcome to chime in whenever. Steve, okay. I'll start with you.
1: Oh, you're going to go to me first? Yeah. Okay. I think number one for me is you have to contain Murray. We've all talked about that. Yep. You have to contain him in the pocket. You still have to bring pressure on him, but you have to keep him in there where he can't be making place with his feet. I think number two is you have to establish the run and stick with it. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson can't have 10 or less carries in this game. I mean, he can't. You, you're not going to win like that. You're not built for that type of game. So I think that's really important for them. But the other thing is, you know, we talked about the coaching and the creativity, but I, I think really it comes down to it. Last year uh last week prior to um up to the prior and up to the the uh Marcus Jones touchdown pass they ran play action four times the rest of the game they only ran it twice yeah and enough. it's like uh, you know what are they missing the train here you know uh, what's going on with this and they have to get creative. And that's why I think Tyquan Thornton is primed for a big game. They have to get him the ball in space. I, I really think that. Because defenses can't be – you can't have linebackers right up against the line and the safety's creeping up because they know you're going to throw it three yards.
0: So, No, I I, I agree with you. Uh, so my biggest thing, for one, is Kyler Murray. We've all talked about it. I think that's number one with the bullet. For sure, for me, the offensive line for the Patriots is that uh, we talked about it. It's They have to do a better job protecting up front because we can, they, the Patriots can't do anything if Mac doesn't have just a little bit more time to throw. It doesn't have to be perfect. There are some good athletes in the Cardinals front. Uh, you know, zaven Collins, uh, Isaiah Simmons, uh, you know, there's some good, there's some okay players, but this defense isn't a, isn't a ferocious defense. They do fly around quite a bit, but the, the Patriots should be able to generate some offense and just try to get back on track a little bit. And then my third key guys is the red zone because they continuously have had problems in the red zone as an offense. It's gotten too tight for them over there. And I think they should be taking some more shots when you, when they, when they cross their opponents, 45 ish, 40. They should be taking a couple of shots into the end zone. Take some play, Take some. Take, do do a uh, you know a, a deep slant to to Devonte Parker or throw something down the sidelines or try to get somebody in space and make make a play. And I I just think they need to start figuring out that red zone offense as much. Russ, do you have any thoughts or do you want to just dive into predictions?
2: Yeah, I'll share my thoughts. Uh, goes to what Steve said to start off, and that's to uh, basically keep kyle murray in, in the pocket and don't let him beat you with his legs that's number one number two is to not turn the ball over i think turnovers are huge in a game like this and number three is to uh establish the run and run the ball and set up some play action that to me are the keys derek i'll go right into my prediction if that's okay with you please do yep i am predicting uh 35 to 14 for the cardinals
0: Why? <laughs> what's your what's your thought process on that I think the Patriots are done. And
2: I think that the most important thing for me is to see them have some good sustained drives, score a couple of touchdowns and see progress from Mac Jones. I don't see them being able to stop this team because Derek, I don't think they can stop a mobile quarterback. And I think that will be their undoing. Okay. Fair, firm,
0: tough, tough. Steve, what about you, man?
1: I'm still sticking with the glass half full. Okay, I I think, you know, as you mentioned at the outset of the show, this is one of the two games and probably the most game that they have an opportunity of winning. I think either the defense or special teams is going to set them up with a score. I think they win this one in a squeaker 24-23. I know Chris said 24-10 Arizona, but I'm going 24-23 New England. Thank you, Chris. You're a smart man.
0: I, I'll i say this. Um, I think that the Patriots, it's a very, very, very critical part of the season. Not because I think they're, they have postseason aspirations. I do agree with Russ. But I do think it's a very critical point. After the kind of, I don't want to say meltdown, but boiling point we saw last Thursday after the game. I just think it would be, Really, really important to get a win this week. And just remember, they're staying on the West Coast because they have Vegas next week. Mm-hmm. So they're, this is a long road trip. Guys are frustrated. I think getting a win here could really help maybe build some momentum down the stretch rush. Because otherwise, I think if they were to lose, I think it could go the other way. And yeah. that would be really scary based on what we kind of saw. I'm with Steve, actually, because you you both know that I am one of the more optimistic of the group. Uh, really? You know, and okay. <laughs> I will say, I will say that the Patriots, I think they're going to win this game. It's not, doesn't have a whole lot to do with the Patriots too much. I just think the Cardinals suck and I've okay. watched them enough and they are a mess. I do agree that Kyler Murray's legs are a concern. I think that I'm trusting Bill that he'll be able to take that thing away. And I think the Patriots are going to win this game 23, 17. Okay. Good Derek. All right. So I haven't totally given up.
2: Okay. Guys, guys. can I, can I give one final thought before we go? Please. And it actually involves uh, Steve here. So I, when I woke up this morning, I saw a lot of talk about bringing Tom Brady back. Now we, I think the three of us can agree that ain't going to happen, but I want to revisit something and I want to give Steve credit on this. And I'm going to explain why. So I truly believe the reason why Tom Brady is no longer the quarterback of the New England Patriots is because of Bob Kraft not giving him the contract that he wanted. Ownership would just say not giving him the contract that he wanted and taking it off the table. Steve reported that he had heard that the Patriots were offering a multi-year contract to Tom Brady and that it was pulled off the table. And I just want to give Steve credit for the one break in the story. When I was at Patriots training camp, Tommy Curran confirmed what Steve had said, that there was an offer for a multi-year contract and that it was pulled off the table by Robert Kraft and that Robert Kraft told Belichick to tell Brady so he wouldn't be the bad guy. That's what Tommy Curran told me. So again, it goes back to, a conversation because Brady's name is coming back up. I just want everyone to know that what I've been told is that Robert Kraft was the one that wanted to go year to year, and that's probably why Tom Brady is no longer here. And yeah. Steve Jerry had the original story.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, wrote, I wrote on Sunday in my Sunday column there that – Check
0: it out on PatsFans.com yes
1: i I think the the chances of Brady coming back are very slim because three years ago the crafts didn't want to open the checkbook for Tom Brady for any nope. length of time. so what would make them open it up now three years after the fact
0: right I well, don't think so and isn't it interesting though, Steve, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to piggyback off something that you both are talking about and Yes, I heard the Jeff Howe story from the Athletic that this is kind of got started. There was also a rumor two weeks prior to that that I had heard that his oldest son was going to Western Mass to go to to go to a private school, and that's what kind of sparked people's interest. I think the percentage percent is close to one percent. I'll give it. I'll always leave the door slightly ajar, but I don't know. I just don't see why it would really benefit the team. I don't really see why it would really benefit Brady. Uh, And it would be kind of a cool story, but I don't see it happening in the slightest. Now, what I find interesting, Steve, based on what you reported and what Russ just brought up was, do you remember Robert Kraft's comments after the owner's meeting and talking about how the team has, has, you know, uh, not won a playoff game in several years and he was frustrated. And what I always wonder based on like, like, I started the show off for us by saying, I wonder what the crafts think about what's going on. Right. And if Robert did indeed pull the contract away, you got to think part of him, he's hes not being, he's obviously he's going to give Bill a long leash, but if he's right. the one who took the contract table off the table for Brady, how right. mad can he really be if they're in this rebuilding situation right now? I guess you could be mad about certain things, but to me, it would just, that that dynamic that that whole thing and the rebuilding process, I just find fascinating. Yeah. you know, and it's, it's probably a, a show in the offseason that we can get back into it. No, okay, but I, but Russ, thank you for bringing that up, Steve. Any final thoughts before we get out of here?
1: No, and uh, I'm just uh, looking forward to seeing them play on Sunday and see what what Monday. transpires because uh, Monday, excuse me, um, you know, as we all know, it's never boring here in New England, so. I did want to mention one thing. The Patriots signed a defensive back, Quandre. Oh, I'm going to think of it in a second. And I just had it written down on my, Quandre Mosley to the practice squad. And I was talking about it earlier today. He was a guy that I remember if, if I'm correct here, they had him in for a pre-draft visit. They didn't end up getting him. He went to Dallas uh, he was one of the last cuts, and then he spent time, you know, with Tampa Bay and Seattle on their practice squads, and he's free agent. I'm just wondering, is this a move geared toward next year where they're going to, you know, keep him around? Or the fact that Jalen Mills might be more injured than we thought, you know, and then they signed this guy to the practice squad to give him some time to get, you know, acclimated to the system. That's all.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, uh, my final thoughts are I'm excited to go to this game. I'm going with my family. That'll be exciting. I will be there. Um, And uh, I'm hoping to see progress made to your point, Russ. I think that's incredibly important. So we'll see. We got to see them right the ship on Monday. Glad they have a long week to get some things correct because they have a lot to correct. But we're going to wrap up the show now. Uh, Thank you for everyone for joining us. For this edition of Patriots Fourth and Two, a PatsFans.com podcast, please make sure to like, share, you know, rate our podcast to keep us high in the podcast rankings to help other Pats fans find us. And we will see you guys next week.